are we gonna are we gonna explain why Sean sounds British? <laughs> you might notice Hello. that Sean sounds yeah, a little been different. Been here for today. about a week now. <laughs> been here, been here about two weeks. It's, it's going <laughs> well. That's so I good. Don't know where are you from? I don't know where you're from. He's from like all over, all over the UK, Scotland, Ireland, and just a little bit of Australia as well. Look, there's different accents, okay? Yeah, they so, sure are. Every time you open your mouth, it's a different accent. <laughs> yeah. Hello, welcome to Story, the podcast where we take one piece of media and transform it into another. Today we're going to be uh, reimagining Home Alone, the Chris Columbus and John Hughes masterpiece as a video game. So, yeah. They, so that's that's first right, off, right? The yeah. writer director pair. The yes, the the use of masterpieces. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Pretty Said liberal. as flat and straight <laughs> as possible. Um, yeah. uh, I, I was just I, I didn't want to give like everybody already knows it's a masterpiece. I didn't want to shove it down true. their throats. That's a good point. It's not, it's not it's not news to anyone that that film's a masterpiece. I guess if you haven't so, watched it or you weren't alive in the nineties, which would be weird. For you listening to this podcast, we might have young listeners. Who knows? Uh, so first off, there has been at least one Home Alone movie that, or Home Alone game, I should say, that was made back in the day, and it was for the NES, the original NES. Um, so that places it like late '80s, early '90s. I guess on this one, that movie came out early '90s, uh, and it was freaking terrifying. I don't know if either of you guys played it. Um, the essential, like, the essential information about that game is you're Kevin, and you're in the house. And the wet bandits are just trying to get in, and you—it's like a side, side, like like a side view of the house, like a cutaway, so you can see all the rooms and staircases and stuff from the side. And you walk around and you pick up these little square icons, which represent the traps that Kevin placed throughout the throughout the house. And you pick them up, and you can hold like one or two of them, and you can drop them. And when you drop them, they like activate, you know. And so if someone runs over them, it's, it stuns them, and it just sort of. The whole thing is just trying to avoid the wet bandits, and they're just two AI that enter the house and just try and get you. And so, like, you're just trying to run away from them. There's no hiding. You do, they will just continue to always know where you are and always track you. So you're continuing to just, like, run around the house, pick up traps, drop traps, and lead them into them and stun them and just get, get like, make more distance between you two. And it's, it's like... It's really what it is. It's an alien game where you're just trying to stay away from these horrible monster that's tracking you and knows where you are. It's, it's fucking terrifying because like you're trying to go upstairs and using the old NES pad where you're trying to push up on the on the D-pad and it fucking sucks to do that. And you're like, go up, go up, go up. And they're like closing in on you. And like you're eight years old and your heart is racing because it's like there's no life. If they catch you, the game is over. So like it was a fucking horrifying video game. So I don't know if that's quite what, we're, what we want to go for in this in this grab, about that but... too is it just in the movie they were just trying to steal stuff but in this game they're just trying to murder this child yeah they're trying to kill a child <laughs> i guess yeah i mean that's you know we, we should make this game about his murdering children maybe you should play in in the uh, perspective of joe pesci oh man you know and then you can like mash a to like cuss fake cuss words out yeah yeah he's really good at that weirdly I don't know if they practiced it or or what in that movie, but he is amazing at faking the fact that he's not cussing. I like the idea that he got a lot of like practice in on like mobster movies, you know, just like you know being a, being a fucking guy who loses his shit constantly, and then brought that to this children's movie. 
Yeah, that's it is so weird that Joe Pesci was cast in this role. <laughs> like thinking about his previous film work, they're like we have this really good holiday family movie coming out. Who should we get to play the villain? You know that guy from Raging Bull? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. His presence in that first scene, like, is really good. Like, you don't, like, as an audience member, like, if you didn't know he was going to be the villain, like, you would, I would totally thought he was a cop looking for Kevin's parents. You know what I mean? And then when you find out, like, his, his like, intentions are more malicious later. Well, that's what, when I was a kid, that's what I thought. Like, because I, I didn't know who Joe Pesci was because I'd never seen a Joe Pesci movie because I was too young. So it was actually kind of perfect casting because, you you know, like, you look up at him and it's like, he's really affable and fun. And he's kind of just, you know, he looks like per- completely perplexed by what's going on around the house. <laughs> he's like the audience is, what the audience is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really kind of a fun narrative device in the movie that way. Like, he's the, he's the one that you're kind of like locking onto as a point of view. That's interesting. That's bizarre. He does represent the viewer in those moments where he doesn't understand and the viewer doesn't understand. Yeah, like, look at this crazy house full of crazy people. Maybe we should play the game from Joe Pesci's perspective, as you guys That's said. That's what I'm saying. And then yeah. just have to break in. Well, what it starts out as is uh, it starts out with you. You're playing as Joe Pesci, and he's like a really genuinely just a happy cop. And then... Uh, you know, he, he, you go, you knock on the door to this house. It's all in first person, you know, and then, and then the, the door gets opened by a child who just runs away creepily into the house. And then you start seeing everything from his real perspective. <laughs> and, and slowly as the game goes on and uh, as, as the scene goes on, he gets crazier and crazier. Oh, man. I like the idea that he was actually a real cop. Like he actually enters the, enters the house and it's just fucking like you're the one who's home alone, Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like session nine or oh, something, man. where he, he's just uh, he's just completely from his perspective. We just see how how he goes crazy, and um, like he the, Daniel Stern is just in his imagination. Like he's not real. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird that you're talking about this. Like, if you if this if this movie were remade now, I could totally get it. Being, see it being remade as like a much more menacing, like don't breathe type Philip. Uh, you know what I mean? Where it's like home alone, like it's like a like it's really it's a fucking horror suspense thriller. Where there's actually like murderous people trying to break into the house, and, and yet you still roll out your like plan of like putting a, a branding iron on the doorknob of like crushing uh, ornaments and putting them under the open window and shit. Like there's still a bunch of slapstick, but it's played straight. It's real body horror, yeah. It's like they, they it, all of that stuff really happens to them, and they're they're like horribly maimed by the end of the movie. <laughs> it, it gets handled with like the the raw visceral reality of like green room, where like every trap is like really actually body maiming, and it like has lingering effects for the rest of the film. Oh man, like the like the paint can swings down and like crushes a guy's skull in as it yeah. actually would, you know, like. <laughs> So the, he's like kind of like fucked up, but that he continues to walk around the house with like a calf caved in skull and shit. He's dealing with like actual like brain damage and concussive <laughs> symptoms throughout the rest of the film. Yeah, when he puts that spider on uh, Daniel Stern's face at the end of the movie and he screams loudly and comedically, uh, that's actually just horrible. And the spider like bites him. <laughs> like you know, and, venom it's like face. on his tongue yeah it's like from the mist just like lays eggs in his face <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> kevin McAllister is the bad guy in this in this movie it sounds like <laughs> yeah well, have you seen macaulay Culkin recently 
Aww. I'm just saying he could, he could play a bad guy. He could just in the reboot he plays the the thief. Oh man, yeah, oh yeah. That's if they're gonna do that, that's what happened. Like he's so traumatized by what happened to him twice on two separate Christmases. I know. I know we're making a game of this, um, but it would not be yet. Interesting. We're not. Well, I mean, like, it is interesting kind of to ponder for a second, like, how this would, if this did get remade in, like, the world of today, just because there's so much, like, tracking technology, so to speak, on kids once they have phones and stuff. Yeah, they just know? look up, like, find my iPhone and see that their mom is in, like, Paris or wherever they go. But, I mean, like, it would be probably a harder sell in the world of today, like, just because it's, like, I feel like kids go outside less at the very least, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like... Well, like what would happen is, is, you know, they would just like Kevin would just call his mom's smartphone, and it'd be like, "Hey, you left me," you know, like that. This this movie was made before the advent yeah. of like mobile telephones. Direct so, access. Yeah, so like he once you're once you're out of sight in that era, like you have no access to anybody. So like that would be the question for this game, right? Like, would we reimagine? Like, is this game a direct? This is just Home Alone the movie from the '90s, or would it be like this is Home Alone the movie, but in like 2017 or 2018? Um, because we'd have to do a lot more, like, narrative, you know, hoop jumping to make that make sense for, like, the power's out or, yeah. you know, or, like, the the phones don't get any service, which is, like, the new, you know, the new excuse, like, oh, I don't have any service uh, for, like, horror movies and shit. Let's make some inroads on this actual design, right? Like, uh, is it is it just, like, a, you know, a first-person game where you're playing Kevin, you know, from the perspective of, like, a three-foot-tall person and you know, a four foot tall person and are you're walking around the house and you have to go into the basement and where the scary basement, you know, furnace is and then the the you know, bandits try and break in and you have to, you know, craft because there's gotta be a crafting system, right? If it's a it's a contemporary video game and you craft like traps and shit and place them down, and you have to hold out until the, the morning comes. Like what would the what's the basic pre- is it is it nineteen nineties? Is it two thousand seventeen? Like what what are we what are we talking? I feel like if we're gonna do it, yeah. I mean it's gotta be a pretty robust system of like one like finding stuff in the house and then figuring out how to use that. Maybe like there's kind of, it's a combination crafting strategy game. Right? Okay. Like I can imagine like the best version of it to me is where you're um you're playing as Kevin uh, you basically, you have a limited amount of time, you know, to like get, get ready. It's, you know, you, you do that thing where in the movie they, they say, um, you're going to Saturday at 9 PM or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. We're going to, we're going to take that house and he overhears it, you know? And then you, um, you have a limited amount of time to kind of like get ready for them to come and, and, and you can play the game over and over again. Like XCOM style. Mm-hmm. It's like waves, you know. Like they come in waves, essentially. Like, <laughs> it's like hundreds and hundreds of of, of bandits, wet bandits. You have to survive. <laughs> you have to survive the night each time, essentially. Like, is that what your kind of thing you're talking about? No, it's it's more like um, you know, you 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 basically get the house ready, and then they come in, and if they, if you haven't prepared the house properly and don't play the game right, they can get you, you know. It's like it's almost like a you can play it over and over again until you get it right. Yeah, kind of a thing. But there's not more. There's more than one way to get it right. Yeah, yeah. It feels you like know? a game that you would you would learn more about it the more the more times you played it. Like it would be repeatable. Um, and it's funny that you said strategy game because I totally was thinking more of like a Resident Evil Seven style game. But I I like the strategy game aspect, like the XCOM grid of like the house and like walking around. Like I've been playing. Um, 
uh, Persona 5, which is this like Japanese RPG where you manage your time because you're like a school kid so you have to do all this like jrpg stuff but you also have to go to school and you can like hang out with your friends and you can take a part-time job and you have to like you only have so many hours in the day to to do things and you have like a deadline like you have to do that you have to like beat the jrpg boss by you know this date but up until that point you can do whatever you want you can craft items you can you know practice skills and like rank up you know like level up and stuff so the idea your your idea of okay you have the afternoon to prepare the house and you know these are the windows that are open these are the windows that are closed you have to sort of like funnel them through this space by locking all windows but one and then put traps down but crafting them takes time and searching for resources takes time like that that seems it would be really fun and then you know you you play it and i guess you either win or you don't right like there's a it's a binary thing and if you fail then it's you know you start again you could probably adjust right you could probably adjust on the fly where uh, you know, if something's not working, you can like go, you can go risk your own, uh, skin to like creep through the house in first person or whatever. And like find, uh, f- like mo- maneuver a trap cause you know where they are in the house or right. whatever. Or maybe if you didn't set up the video camera, you don't, you know, you, you don't know where they are in the house and you, you, you just kind of creeping around and there's like an actual stealth mechanic to it or, or whatever. And like the goal is, Either you can die if they find you. I love that. Or... That's the end game where you literally get murdered. Yeah, well, they're gonna kill him in the movie, right? Like, they, they, it's pretty dark. Like, they he like it's like running through the basement of the next door house, and like, and like they pick him up and they like strap him to a door, and they start talking about pulling his fingernails out and shit. Holy shit! It's I don't remember dark. that. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah no. And uh... yeah, they have him like, um, and then you know, and then the snow, uh, the snow shovel guy comes in and, and and hits Joe Pesci and and Daniel Stern in the face with the snow shovel, which is enough to knock them out when uh, paint cans I know. <laughs> yeah. and and fire weren't enough. Yeah, but uh, but you know, it, it's it's funny because like it gets, but he's like really genuinely threatened by those dudes. So like, I feel like dying in the game is totally something that would happen, um, or they can just steal all your shit. Because they didn't catch you, but they, you know, like, or like, let's say you sucked and you didn't piss them off all that much. Because in the movie, they just get increasingly pissed. So they they don't care about the house anymore. They just care about killing Kevin. So like, you could do a thing where if you piss them off enough, they come after you instead of going after what they're trying to steal from the house. Or maybe they just steal shit from the house and get away. What's, it's funny. Um, I was thinking about this and you kind of brought it up, but there might one benefit, so to speak, of doing this in the modern age as opposed to in like the 90s is there are maybe, I mean, Kevin was a rich kid. Uh, it was no secret that the his family was rich and they would probably have like a smart home now. So you might be able to have like, <laughs> like a, a home alone thing now where he had like a cell phone on him and you could have, kind of have like a, a blended sort of fried, Five Nights at Freddy's aspect where like they had like a high... Oh shit! A high alert really security good. system, and you could kind of track where the wet bandits are in the house, and kind of like have to. You could try to sneak around them to try to cut them off, or you know, kind of watch the progress of where they're headed, and, and set up traps accordingly if you didn't do it the first time around. You know what I mean? That's but really also, good. Like you're sitting on your phone, you don't know if like one of them is coming into the room that you're on. You well, know? it's like looking like, at the uh, the the motion tracker in Alien Isolation, where like if using it makes noise or it, like it fills your full screen, or if it's something yeah, that like it comes yeah. up and fills your full screen. So you can't really look around like it, it, it fills like nine tenths of the screen and like everything else around it's sort of blurry. So you might see something like a, like movement behind you, but you can't see what it was if you're staring at your like 
phone and the light from the phone might like attract them you know yeah yeah that's kind of cool was... and like kevin in the movie he he definitely had to um you know he had to like keep going back like he kept backing into the house further yeah as they kept getting closer in and, and like having to do more like set up things um he like ends up in the attic right like he keeps kind of going up and up right <laughs> Yeah, and like he's like he's like waiting there with the BB gun to shoot Daniel Stern in the face when he comes in, you know. Like, and then once once it once it's clear that that's uh, over with, you know, his plan is like perfect, you know. It, 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 up until a certain point, it starts to go wrong, but like he knows what they're gonna do. He knows that like, oh well, you know, I'm gonna cut off the front door because that's gonna be the first time they try to get in, and so they're gonna now try to go through the basement. You know, yeah. And so like that could be party part of the gameplay would be like uh, a first setting that up and then be like making sure you were in the right place to do the thing at the time you needed to do it. I mean, Kevin definitely would go back to the bandits, like pop his head out over the banister and like yell some obscenities at them to cause them to go you little and then like run up the stairs. You know, like he would have to continue to like <laughs> right. bait them into going into spaces to kind of the, what you're saying. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock the front door, so which forces them to check the other entrance, which is this only other entrance that you know about. And then you know they try that entrance and they burn the fucking McAllister M on their hand or whatever. And and uh, you know so like that sort of funneling them into spaces that you've trapped heavily and trying to avoid face spaces that you haven't is really good. I was I was thinking actually um, the idea that because from my memory, if memory serves, the Wet Bandits try over several nights to break into the house, right? Like it's not they just try one. At least they, there's twice. one main night, but they yeah okay, so they try to they they like drive by it and and Kevin set up the like. You know, uh, um, Michael Jordan standy on like the train to make it look yeah. like people are in the house, like having a party and stuff. Um, but the, if you know, each night they get progressively more aggressive. Like the first night, they're just kind of casing the joint and like checking the front door, and then the second night, it's like fuck it, and they break through a window and they they start rummaging around in like, you know, the, I guess you could call it area one, you know, of the house. And then like each progressive night, they sort of get more aggressive. Uh, after they fail, if you if you you know send them away, if you if you get them to run away, then they come back the next night with like renewed tools or like like they level up, you know, like now they have lock picks or now they have like a crowbar, um, or now they have like flashlights and they you know you can't use your like broken uh, tinsel decorations on the ground to like break their you know stab them in the feet or whatever, um, and so they kind of get wise to your tricks and you have to kind of keep keep changing keep changing your patterns you know what i mean like in XCOM, like you can't you never fight the same alien for too long eventually you have to fight dudes who can like oh you know we use range attacks well this guy has better range now that we have to sort of like alter our strategy yeah yeah i mean you you want them to you want to prevent people playing the game from uh being able to just spam a certain you know trick that works really well for them over and over again and, and defeat the, the wet bandits <laughs> the wet bandits the Wet Bandits. I know. Oh Did, didn't they change the name to something else in the second the one? Sticky Bandits. The Sticky Bandits, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because Daniel, what's his name, has a plan to, like, cover his hands in tape and the glue and shit and then, like, just, like, touch stuff and stick it to his hands and that's how he's going to rob people? <laughs> but how would anybody know that? It's like you do that and then you take shit, but you also take the sticky with you. Right. They're not very like, smart, it's... I think, is the is the goof. The goof. No. They're not very smart. So at the very end, when like you get caught, and the, is the last thing you see just like the hand come over the camera with the McAllister M burned into the palm, and then it just all goes black. 
Only if you've set up that trap. I think that that's the first. That's like the tutorial level, right? Like you have to do that on night one, so that you set up that really rad and burned hand shot. Because they kept referring, like in, even in Home Alone two, it comes back. Like they make a thing of it being his like defining mark, you know, after surviving the first movie. So I feel like you want to just jam that into that game as hard as you can. How did those guys get out of prison anyway? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't remember if I they mean, explained that. They probably just like yeah. get off light. <laughs> I feel like they maybe escaped, but I, I might be wrong about that. They murdered their parole officer, and uh, I haven't seen Home Alone Two: Lost in New York in a long time. They used they used Kevin Schritt's tricks, like his like MacGyver. <laughs> tricks. They just learned a lot from him to get out of prison. <laughs> so like they shave a bar of soap into like you know uh, a shank, and they're like, "Thanks, Kevin." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's really good. Fuck. He actually like a, created his 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 known antagonist. The DLC sense. for this is is you play this the wet bandits in prison and you have to use all the tricks you learned to survive prison and get out to prepare for Home Alone Two. <laughs> Home Alone Two, uh, the the game right is is basically just an open world, um, <laughs> like New York. You oh, can absolutely. Around all of New York, yeah. Oh yeah, that you can, can booby trap all of it. That's exactly how this would go if you if we stick to modern video game like standards where the first game is like a small contains experience and the second game just blows out the scope and becomes this massive you can wander all over new york and find unique crafting materials and dumpsters across new york uh uh fucking game and then eventually you still have to like lure them into a specific location into the abandoned house and just fuck them up again um so we talked about them like stealing valuables and shit so like would there be like expensive objects in the house that the bandits are going towards and the more they pick them up like do do they try and like pick up you know an expensive vase and like leave with it or is it just gone or is that even a thing that we would want to put into this game or like i don't you know like you could it could be that could be fun if it was like there's like a capture the flag element of it you know like you know when you're playing like um you know like overwatch or whatever capture the flag and like somebody grabs the flag and you have to stop them before they get back, you know? So, like, maybe yeah. you could have a thing where you're alerted or if you're aware that they've grabbed the most expensive thing, you have to stop them before they get out as well as even just getting to it, you know? Yeah. I think that it's it's weird to me that Kevin as a character is so not intimidated by these guys. Like, the, we, the movie sets them up as super bumbling and, like, wacky, but there's still two grown intruders breaking into this guy's house, and he just, like treats him with such disdain i feel like if it was real kevin would just be fucking shit scared uh and the the game the game that represents that is way more like alien isolation or uh resident evil 7 where you're just in a house and there's a guy like like in resident evil 7 you have the um the dad who just chases you forever until he loses sight of you and then kind of like goes back to a set patrol looking for stuff uh and those moments where you have to run past him to get to another place are fucking harrowing and like i feel like that also might be an interesting kind of angle it's it's not exactly in tone with the rest of the license but there's something really i think interesting about the idea of yeah you know you're still like a 10 year old and these two grown like men are rampaging around your house but you have to cross paths with them and you have no choice you can't just like sit there quietly and let them like loot the place um i mean i don't know maybe you can but there's like that's terrifying to me i have an idea and maybe this is terrible, 
but I think it might be kind of amazing. So what we do is we ignore Home Alone 3, the movie, and we uh, call the game Home Alone 3. Okay. okay. Thank you. Uh, and essentially what it ends up being is it is, it is a, a much later uh, sequel. So essentially after the, the events of Home Alone 2, uh, Harry and Marv went to jail – uh, and they got locked up for a lot longer because they violated their probation or they escaped or whatever. And later in life, because Kevin McAllister had such a fucked up childhood, he uh, ends up in jail for something. It doesn't matter what. But he's in the same jail oh my God. as Harry and Mark. <laughs> and so they're basically just trying to come after him. In prison. <laughs> In prison. prison. Oh my god. So Kevin has to uh yeah, and nobody believes him. And or so even if they believe it, him, they wouldn't give a shit, right? Like <laughs> No, no, exactly, yeah. So like the whole movie is them basically antagonizing Kevin and trying to get him shanked in prison, and then uh the whole prison ends up being getting up against him because Harry and Marv are popular there for some reason. <laughs> this is the wet prison. <laughs> it's the wet prison and at the end of the game you basically have to uh like hole up in the in the jail like they've managed to um to get the guards to like look the other way you know you're just making and arkham so, like, asylum like, you're literally just no, no 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 it's assault in precinct 13 really oh, okay is what it is and like kevin is alone on his own and he has to protect himself just to survive till morning right yeah so it's it's less home alone and more like prisoner alone prisoner alone yeah that's that's a really is good there title. any way i i like this a lot is there any way we can have the prisoners literally just not be there like for some reason they're 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 being bust out to like break rocks or some shit and somehow like <laughs> they do the but, count wrong just happens. like the whatever like uh uh i like the idea though that they, they, they didn't even like they did it wasn't even useful work they were doing they just went out to just like break these rocks it's like why just break them yeah shut that's up, what, do that's it, what you know? all like cartoons of prisoners of chain gangs have led me to believe that they're just out there with like with pickaxes breaking up rocks uh that don't they even collect like, them they just break them and leave yeah them they there. leave them there right yeah um but like if, if it's just 100 percent the the setup from the very first movie or like the the wardens just count wrong, and so they leave the three of them in the ha- in the prison and <laughs> in their jail cells. Just like it's just the it's just those three in the entire prison, and the prison is abandoned because like they went out on some night trip to like, break like this field trip, this yeah. prison field trip. And then the so guard is like, it, it, there's like a slow push in on the guard as he's like looking around, and like all of a sudden he's like, oh my god, Kevin, yes, perfect. <laughs> and then and then there's a pause, and he goes. And Marvin Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's definitely because early in this movie, before all this, there's a scene where um, Kevin's mother, you know, like uh, Catherine O'Hara, comes to visit him in in jail and like uh, asks him to to get, or she he asks her to get uh, get him some kind of like snack that he loves, you know, like pizza, like a cheese pizza. <laughs> oh <laughs> you my know? god. Uh, and, and Pepsi, so, um, you gotta get Pepsi in there. Yeah, exactly. Or oh, his bunkmate in his prison cell definitely wets the bed. Yes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, his bunkmate in his prison cell is um, Buzz. Oh man, what a weird coincidence! No, it have to be. Oh no, yeah, oh yeah, Fuller. Fuller, Fuller I, I, I kept wanting to say Farg, but I knew that wasn't right. 
Is that the kid that no, wets the bed fuller. and drinks the Pepsi yeah. with the shitty? Yeah, on his it's face? actually another Calkin brother too. I think. Is it? Oh, yeah. Plays him. I think it's Kieran actually. Oh man, that'd be amazing because he's got on to have like an actual career. Yeah. But you were you were going uh, on. Sorry, sorry about the John. About uh, no, no, no it's fine. Pizza. It's fine. So I'm just saying, like the cheese pizza. Uh, so his mother promises to order him a cheese pizza, and so. Uh, somehow later in the movie, Kevin gets a cheese pizza delivered to him at the prison while all the rest of the people are out. All for myself. <laughs> it's just like that moment, that quiet before the storm moment where he, he eats his own cheese pizza again 30 years later. But he's like tattooed and has like, like yeah, a fucking exactly. buzz cut and he's in an orange jumpsuit and he's like world weary just chewing on this fucking cheese pizza in like the canteen with like all the lights off you know because he's hiding from the exactly oh yeah. my god what, what i thought you were gonna say yeah. there too is like that's the scene where like um like because kevin looks a lot different right but then uh what's her name i can't remember the actress's name it's Catherine o'hara like she's still recognizable so to speak so like she's sitting there talking to her son through the glass on the phones and then like the camera like pans over and you just see somebody staring at him, and you realize it's, like, the wet bandits. And, like, Joe Pesci's like, I know that fucking lady's face. Why do I know that lady's face? Oh, that's you know what I mean? It takes them a while to, like, put it together, and then they finally realize that they're in this, this place with Kevin McAllister. That's really good. Uh, I love the idea of them just being in this prison together, because <laughs> it makes no sense. But, like, the idea of Kevin McAllister being like, fuck gotta do this again and like rummages around in like the canteen for like dangerous weaponry except it would like be really really like dangerous shit instead of like paint cans and like spiders and stuff right like it would be like actual knives and actual razor blades and shit that you'd like craft into actual weapons that then would like spring-loaded fly across the room and stab Harry in like the cheek you know like it would be fucking way more hardcore than than, have you ever seen the night of no there's like a there's like something that somebody makes in the prison there where they take like super hot boiling water and mix it with baby oil and then throw it on somebody and that way like the baby oil keeps the hot water on you and it continues to burn you yeah it'd be like that kind of shit yeah oh yeah it's just really really awful like (laughs) yeah well this is this is for keeps right i mean this is where like that's the tagline it all like the tagline is like yeah it all comes down to this (laughs) yeah Somebody's not getting that alive. Three men enter, one man leave. Yeah, yeah, and so and so you basically uh, like this is this is where it all comes down. It all comes to a head. Like Kevin Kevin McAllister either gets his revenge years later, and then goes to like and and also electric chair for killing people. No, no, no. But you have to if you're going to do this, you have to prove like he has to finally prove that he hasn't been lying all this time about these these crazy guys like. Nobody believes that he's uh, encountered these dudes for some reason. I mean, we were talking about that earlier, right? Where it's like, you know, he's there and uh, for some reason he having foiled them years ago hasn't actually materialized. Nobody's talked about it. Mm. And so so now he clears his name somehow at the end of this movie (laughs) by, by murdering these two guys. I thought it was a game. <laughs> I mean, it is. I, I yeah, think that, I'm sorry. It is a game. I think that uh, you part of part of this, like, okay, you have to survive 
uh, a knight or ex knights in the prison with these guys is you have to also gather, you have to somehow like get them to confess or gather evidence by using like the CCTV cameras in the in the prison. So it's not just right. like it, you have like multiple goals, right? Like you can maybe there's a bad ending where you don't get the evidence and like you survive, but then it's just like, well, you murdered two people, so you know. Lethal injection, <laughs> or like you get the you get the uh, evidence because they you know you rile them up enough that they they like spill what happened onto the CCTV cameras and then you can like use that as evidence at the end. But you have to do that while crafting traps and shit, right? Like it's one of those time management situations. You have to break into like um, you know the warden's office and get that little like Walkman thing back from Home Alone Two with a little like. Oh man, he came in with the like talk boy or whatever it was, the talk man. <laughs> like it's like 2017 and there's way better tech, but he still just like holds on to the talk man. Yeah. Fuck. It's really good. He finds one in the prison library that was uh that was left there uh you know, because because the prison library doesn't have any money. So they bought this thing <laughs> for people to use. No, no. If this was a real video game, what what would happen was it would just be on the shelf as you're rummaging through shit, and he clicks on it, and you pick it up, and he goes, what a piece of junk, and he throws it away, and then you pick up like the, the, a fucking iPod or whatever. It would just what, be like a momentary you, goof. It, well, yeah. What you, would they, it'd have to be like um, it, the guards like Kevin, you know? And so like they like let him in to their uh, the, the guard post every now and again for, for him to like listen to... The music on it you know what i mean like it's like oh, he's like a really good prisoner you know how like like if you're well behaved you get certain privileges or like you know you you if you want to be work in the library as like a job they'll let you do that so like mopping up or whatever or like organizing books so maybe kevin like has access to certain resources that regular prisoners wouldn't or he knows the layout of a place that he wouldn't or he knows what's in like the back office of the library because he's allowed back there you know like there's something he has that other other prisoners don't you know He's like Andy Dufresne. Yes, exactly right, yeah. Except he murders yeah. some dudes for real. Oh, yeah, that's why he's here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it could be a thing, too. And it being Andy Dufresne, it might be fun. And this might be a complete derailment, but, you know, he, like, the wet bandits are there, and he doesn't trust them, like, because of their obvious history. But they're, like, trying to, like, secretly hone in on him, and he thinks that they're coming for him. And then, like, he, like, beats the shit out of him again. And you find out that they were actually like trying to get to him because he was so clever that they were trying to help him, like like collaborate <laughs> with him in an escape attempt. <laughs> like Andy Dufresne, and were like we need your talents. I know we have our we have we've got our issues, we've got our history, but <laughs> we actually need your talents, Kevin. God, breaking out of prison with the wet wet bandits. That'd be great because then you like send them off to like gather shit for you. You know, like all you really good are good for is like cannon fodder and like finding shit for me so i'm gonna give you orders every night and you're gonna like come back with like the fucking like rock hammer then i start like tunneling through the wall or whatever they offer you protection based on just your mutual ability to get out of this place i love from that other, I... from other people who are trying to get in on it uh i i was thinking actually and this I, this also might be totally different and it will it is totally different but like what if the wet bandits like they go through the prison system, they come out the other side, and they become uh, guards, prison guards. So, like, it's those two guys in the prison, and they're guards, and uh, uh, Kevin is the prisoner. And so when, when all the other guys are preparing to leave, they recognize Kevin, and they orchestrate him being left behind so they can get their revenge on him. 
Uh, so it's not oh, just like gotcha. an accident. Like they, they're the ones who say they like they strike him off the ledger or whatever. They say, yeah, he's on the bus, and then it's just those two guys, and they have all the keys to everything. So they they kind of have the run run of the house, and oh, it's a flip. Kevin's the intruder because they have like all the keys and shit, and he's trying to like scrounge around and like find stuff and like steal stuff. But they are it's like their place of power, you know? Yeah, they've got the upper hand. Interesting. So. Yeah. You don't even have to make them guards for that, though. They could just be, they could just be like, uh, you know, they could just be like prisoners in charge of shit because they've been behaving over the years, you know, like. So they're like in the in the kitchen. They have act keys to the kitchen or whatever. Yeah, like they run. They run. Uh, they're the guys who organize the prisoners for external activities or something. <laughs> You know, I I really like your idea that they're like popular. Like for some reason, like in this place, this is actually the best place for them. Well, the best thing is Marv is popular. Like Marv is the one who's, you know, it's yeah. like Harry. Uh, which way? Yeah, Marv is is Daniel Stern, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, like Marv is like running shit, and Harry, it's like role reversal on them. Oh you know? man! And then you slowly start to see Harry like. Yeah, like Harry like starts to take back over as the you know as he's got like a, a purpose again, you know, throughout the game. I don't know, like you can't make a this game. This game isn't going to be a game though. Like you're not going to really see much. You have to play as all of them, right? Like if we're going to make a game out of this, like how would you? That's a good question. Like, yeah, it, like it's an interesting premise, but it's a hard game to make. Well, it depends um, unless... on how much of that stuff you want to make explicit, or how much of it is just like implied by like the opening of the game and sometimes you'll hear them over the P PR system arguing PA system PA system arguing or maybe you can like get to Marv and like try and flip him against Harry you know because Harry is definitely the more like vindictive violent like like dangerous one of the two and Marv's just the goofball right uh who who thinks he has all the fucking like big plans and it's like his idea to be the wet bandits like that's their calling card and he thinks that's fucking cool right so he's clearly just a goof so like trying to flip marv on on harry might be part of what you do if you, when you're crawling around you know looking for shit um i mean it's, it's it feels like a game where there's lots of different ways to win you know yeah for sure i like this the prison version a lot more than, than the like a remake of the first movie where you're in the house though because it's fucking absurd and i love the idea of kevin McAllister, like tattooed heavily tattooed with like uh, like, because this is a dumbass video game, he's tattooed with like references to the first movie. <laughs> like he's got like the like the like uh, um furnace monster on his arm and shit like that. Kevin does, yeah, because it's a stupid video uh, game callback, right? So like that's the kind of shit yeah. that's the kind of shit you put in there. We glossed over it before, but I'm kind of curious what landed him in prison in the first place. Like, what, what kind of crimes Kevin McAllister might have done? <laughs> He's a he's a he's a he's a thief. Oh man! He robs houses. That's that's hilarious because then now who has the moral high ground? Because now it's just three men trying to kill each other. Wait a minute though. What if Kevin grew up to like he he because he defoiled these 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 guys a couple times and they had been successful up to that point. What if he thought I could do better? And then it's like him and another guy that is his Marv. You know? Yeah. And then after this movie is done, they go back to a life of crime. Game. After this game is done, they go, to go back. Yeah, I, I said game. You did say game. I'm gonna edit that in. Um, after 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 the, the the game is over, 
uh, Kevin and his partner Fuller go back to oh shit, <laughs> we're the piss bandits. <laughs> <laughs> the next, the next, uh, the next game is about Kevin and Fuller getting foiled. The cycle of violence some continues. Kid. Yeah. I love the exactly. idea that Kevin would team up with the kid who pisses his pants <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> like, that scene is one of my favorite scenes because, like, that kid's fucking grin when he just, like, starts chugging out a two-liter bottle of Pepsi is just unstoppable. It's so fucking funny where he knows exactly what he's doing and he does it intentionally. It's fucking good. I could totally see that kid growing up to be a fucking criminal <laughs> or a pervert <laughs> or both. It's both. Yeah, you're right. He's like a peeping Tom. And he, like it, he, he, the crime turns like hardcore after a while. All right, so this is a premise we're running with for sure. <laughs> no, and I was just no saying, we definitely don't have to. Well, if I was just trying to think of how to make that like what's playable in there, if we actually are making it a game, or unless we're pivoting for this this amazing third film, and no, or, I you know. well, I assumed it would be first person. Or, I mean, first person service doesn't really matter because I guess you're not really going for the horror aspect of it, like the fear of being caught by these two guys so much as it is like um, you're you're in a you're in a very large space and maybe it's more like uh, one of the older Resident Evil games where you ha- you like you slowly unlock parts of the the jail and I'm just going with this premise because I really like it. You unlock parts of the jail as you get the keys and like the old Resident Evil thing of like you get the you know heart key for the heart door and then you can unlock everything with a heart lock on it. Um, so you get you you don't get like the master key for everything. You slowly unlock the place, and um, you might have like encounters with Harry and Marv in certain places, and you have to hide from them or uh, use traps to sort of get around them. And like you know, uh, you encounter them doing trying to trying to accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish, which is probably to try and find you or escape or whatever it is. And uh, so at, over time, you unlock more and more parts of the of the the jail itself, you know, you start in maybe your the jail cell or like in the canteen or something, and from there you have to sort of like puzzle your way into the rest of the, into the rest of the space. Could be a thing too of maybe Kevin was, um, framed or something, or he's not supposed to be in here. So it's like <laughs> while you're, while you're trying to evade these two guys, you're also trying to make your escape attempt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or like you're trying to like like the in like uh, Shawshank Redemption with the warden like knew that you were innocent or something, and you're trying to, like, find the files that prove that you're innocent or something. Yeah. It just, it just there's a, that way of, like, you're getting access to new areas and stuff. It feels like a, pro, a, pro, a progression of the story, so to speak, as well as just the space, expanding the space. Like, it feels like you've gained access to something for Kevin that he needs. Yeah, Beyond totally. just resources. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely one of those games where you're just trying to stay alive as long as you, like, to the, get to the end of the game. And maybe the end of the game is to get to the warden's office or like there might be some, uh, some other thing. And maybe, maybe the wet bandits are just like the, the antagonist and the goal isn't necessarily to kill them, but you're trying to accomplish a task and they're trying to stop you from accomplishing that task. Maybe like by, by uh, revealing that you are, have been framed somehow it like incriminates them even further. And so they're trying to stop you from like adding years onto their sentence or whatever, you know, like that, that maybe they're the, 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 the whole idea isn't to just murder these two dudes. I mean, I guess you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out. I know. Sean, do you have any thoughts? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, thanks a lot. I've sort of run out of thoughts. I I, I just keep, I keep, I mean, I guess it would depend on 
you know the thing about the thing about the original um, movie as a as a map for this game is that it, you have freedom of of movement. You know, like right. you could you could go around the house. You have time to prepare. You sort of know um, know what you need to do. And uh, I, I'm having trouble thinking of like a time pressure for this game, or like like how would Kevin be um, free enough to wander around the prison to set things up? Yeah, that's you know, a good so point. It felt truly like a Home Alone thing. Like, you know, how long are the how long are these these uh, other prisoners out of the prison that but they have they have this is is it one night you know like it works better as a movie than a game is what I'm saying yeah well I think that I think those are valid things to bring up like if it is a single night and uh, for some reason you do like all the prison doors are unlocked that which is the reason you somehow like you're able to get out of like of your cell and the wet bandits are also able to get out of their cell and every door just swings open in the whole place. Uh, and you know you, you have free run of the place, but that this definitely doesn't like resolve the issue of uh, how do you have time to prepare? You know, like the wet bandits are in there with you already. How are you going to get that moment of like, okay, tonight is the night they're going to show up? Um, you know that that might be an in, sort of intractable issue with with this sort of angle of game, and you know that's interesting to talk about too. Like that maybe this wouldn't work as a game for those reasons. You know? Yeah, for sure. So back to the back to the XCOM version. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no reason this couldn't be the XCOM version. It's just like, what is the narrative excuse to be able to wander the prison? Um, Prisoner, they're transferring them from one prison to this prison, the, the White Bandits, and you know they're coming. Yes, that's where you said that because I was thinking the same thing. Like maybe Kevin's just been here for a while, and then you find out that the White Bandits get transferred into your prison, so you've already earned your space, <laughs> like earned your your uh, ability to roam. Yeah, you're the warden. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's been so. Uh, at the, at the, after the events of his childhood, he's just very, very, very much about um, justice and you know crime and punishment. So he's just signed up for a life of being a warden. <laughs> I mean, he wants to no, make no. sure the thieves get put away. Sorry, no. What they did was at the end of the second movie, after he single-handedly captured the wet bandits, they just made him the warden. Oh, right, as as like a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's he's fourteen and he's a warden of a prison. Yeah, no, that's good because it's Home Alone three yeah. kid warden. Uh, <laughs> or like, <laughs> it's got a good you know, ring to it. <laughs> Put that on a box. Slap it on a box. Put some art on there of 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 him like with that ah face, but behind him is like a prison. And he's like wearing he's got like, like a, a hat suit. that's too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Doogie Hauser, where he's wearing like a robe, like like the like the medical uh, uh, coat, but it's way too big for him. What I'm imagining is that um, the the poster is him sitting behind a desk with a suit on, like with his hands folded in front of him, and uh, but you can see like Harry and Marv are on in front of the desk, like underneath. Oh and he man, no, they're there. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> you know, they're like looking up at him, like yeah. obviously. Yeah, they're hiding yeah. under his desk. Yeah, oh, but he's man. in like a, like a like an office with a giant bay window behind him. Yep. Yeah, but he's like yeah. still like fourteen, so he's wearing a suit that doesn't really fit him very well, and like, oh man, that's really good. Uh, I think that's the that's definitely the angle we should go at this at. It's funny. I was thinking the other option could be like. It's a really, really like minimum security prison. Like it's almost like a, 
like he like shoplifted or something really minor and he's like in some sort of holding place or something where it's not you can kind of roam somewhat freely like it's it's not like a maximum security like violent offenders prison it's sort of like a minimum security kind of like lockout you know and uh and so he can actually roam the the premises because he's like not a troublemaker or something but i i kind of like the idea of kevin McAllister kid warden a lot more <laughs> I th- I, you know you know what we could actually do though it that might work is uh is like kevin didn't really do it he's an innocent man you know wrongly accused he gets thrown in jail and somehow, like Harry and Marv framed him so that they could get him to prison, just so they could kill him. Perfect. Oh uh, yeah. And so you basically have to prove your innocence at the same time as, uh, you know, surviving the night. That's what I said earlier. Did you? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but you didn't say about the innocent. He wasn't innocent. Okay. At that point. Sorry, my mistake. I, yeah. I, I in so, my mind, so. he was innocent. But yeah, like it would be make the world really small <laughs> for like the wet bandits to have like somehow tracked him down and framed him for a for a crime but i think that that's probably fine i think it totally works because you know that they're just like weirdly like fixated and obsessed with the kid that ruined their lives yeah totally and it makes sense he just gets thrown in there as a 14 year old like they they frame him like the next day so like the next <laughs> yeah. so the next day like oh like like home alone two ends oh we got all these presents from like the mayor oh shit and the next day like the cops show up and take him to prison <laughs> in his like new york apartment well, i'm thinking of like kevin McAllister's like um you know because because it's a gritty uh 2017 version of home alone you know he basically is like mad max even though he's innocent he just looks rough yeah you know, he's had a rough life, up and he's got all these handmade tattoos, and uh, yeah, I love he just, that. He, he is played by Macaulay Culkin now, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Or I guess modeled after him because it's a, it's still a video game. No, Voice. he comes into the, the mocap studio. Yeah, and, and he and voices him and captured everything. Perfect. I mean, you got to get that like we've got to get the cover of the box moment in that game though right where he like slaps his slaps his hands on the side of his face and goes ah right it's when he drops the soap in the shower <laughs> wow <laughs> what are you just trying to do see the rest of the scene he just no he just drops the soap and it's like a cute thing it just falls on the is ground it? and he is just slaps his thing? hand well the way that this is presented we never see are we what talking about like? He just are we talking about like prison scream. rape as a, as being like a cute like what a goof well, <laughs> You never see any of that. He just <laughs> he drops the, the soap. It's and, not like it's not screams, implied. And then we cut wide to like a shot of the outside of the prison, and you can hear him. It's like, go, ah! Ah, yeah. <laughs> and then we just cut to the next scene. <laughs> oh man, this is a video game, not a movie. Uh, I don't know if it is anymore. <laughs> I mean, it could, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it know, ever was. It's a video game or a movie, either way. Well, the video game is still uh, still legitimate. I mean, I, th- I still think there's a way to make it a game. It's kind of like um, I think you need to get more characters involved, though. You know, it's like like we've been t- only talking about Harry Marvin and and uh, and Kevin McAllister. Yeah, but like I think you need to you know introduce some side characters and have some um, like the pigeon lady and the snow shovel no. guy. Pigeon Lady from the second movie. I'm not saying exactly her, like that kind of character. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like other inmates that are like weird and he doesn't trust them at first and they seem bizarre. But, um, 
you know, come help you out. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just do sex. So you can use them as resources. Yeah. Oh, like this. One of them can like build you shit, and one of them like knows rumors of like hidden stuff, you know, in in the prison. So you have to like check in with them. Like they're in, they're still in the prison too. Well, like the pigeon lady can have the pigeon shit all over. And and then they slip on the shit. She's <laughs> like you the know? bird like, man. She's like the bird man from Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you, yeah, the old man is there too. The old man with the shovel. He he, he actually did commit the murder, so he's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a really good twist. Like, remember how you thought he was a murderer, but that was just you being a child? No, he actually was a murderer. Just because he saved you in that one moment, he was actually planning on murdering you, but then the cops showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed that they were going to murder you. He wanted to murder you himself. <laughs> Fuck. And somehow he's like your buddy in prison. That's weird. Yeah. But Buzz, I can definitely see Buzz being in prison. I like the idea that Buzz gets his shit together. No, like, I like the idea that he shows up. He's like a diligent brother. And he shows up like every Wednesday. Kevin's lawyer. Oh, shit. That's really, really good. (laughs) Oh, man. He still goes by Buzz. Like, it's just like, you know, he never, never, (laughs) like, drops the name. Well, no, but what happened is uh, Buzz is his, like, he's so good at lawyering that his nickname is Buzz. Like he, he he's he's a he's an amazing what? lawyer and and he's electrifying in the courtroom. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the idea that he's like really smart and it gets his shit together, uh, but it's still played by that same dude. Uh, that guy was in fucking um, Blue Ruin. Uh, Blue Ruin was it Blue Ruin? Yeah, he's also in an episode yeah. of Louie. He played like Louie's limo driver. That's amazing. I yeah. haven't seen any of those. Oh my god, was, that's so good. So he's, weird. he's in uh, Nebraska too, I think. I haven't seen Nebraska. Um, but I was I was I was gonna say he could be in prison, and then like Buzz is like some some other guy that he's been just made his like you know prison bitch for lack of a better word, <laughs> and then and then Kevin sees him and he's like Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> there, it's actually that's actually what Buzz calls his prison. Yeah, bitch, yeah. Woof. Woof. That's his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Buzz and Woof, two animal sounds. Somebody's like, he's not that bad looking, and you're like, no, that's his name, Woof. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a new, it's like Fuck. A, a new version of the old joke. Oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, I love the <laughs> idea that like to make this work, everyone in this town has just gone to the same prison. Had like everyone has just had their lives ruined and has gone to prison. Like Buzz, prison. Kevin's mom, prison. Like whatever, just fuck it, just throw him in. Dad, prison. Got to get him there. in there. Yeah. Even the guy who like delivered the pizza and ran away scared somehow yeah. was in the prison. No, he delivers. Well, he delivers, he delivers the pizza. pizza. That, yeah. Oh yeah. He's still delivering. He's pizza still delivering at, pizzas at like forty-five. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. It's really good. I love the idea that nothing in this in this world has ever evolved. Like every character is exactly the way that you saw them in like nineteen ninety-five or whenever the last movie came out. Except that they're older, obviously, but like their characters haven't changed at all. I think it was ninety two. It's been a long yeah, time. You're well, right. I mean, since the second movie, I don't, I don't count Home Alone three with that fucking kid. No, that that the movie. <laughs> Whoever that kid is, uh, Home Alone two with the great Donald Trump cameo. Oh God! Yeah, I know. Looking at that, be like that guy's gonna be the president one day is fucking weird. He's not the president. I know. Well, you know, most people. It's say just some it. fucking asshole making money. Okay. Well, I didn't mean to turn this into a political podcast. <laughs> Let's put him Fuck in prison, him. right, guys? Oh shit! Yeah, Trump's in prison too. Yeah, definitely. In in that prison, in, well, he in should the, he should the, definitely be there in the game. He's one hundred percent, or maybe he's the warden. Like he's the evil oh, warden. No. 
No? <laughs> okay, he's in prison. Home Alone 3 was written by John Hughes, I'm finding out right really? now. Really? On IMDb, yes. Home Alone 3, starring Alex D. Linz, Oleg Krupa, Rhea Kilstedt. What was the what was what? the premise of that movie other than the kid being home alone? Like, was it like another group of criminals, but with a lady this time? Like three of them trying to break into his house. I don't know, but Scarlett Johansson is in it, which is bananas. Listen, you got to pay the bills, all right? Yeah. I don't think she was famous yet. No. Yeah, the movie from like no, I'm not saying she was like 99 or 2000, right? 97. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for killing the podcast. <laughs> it's IMDb user review is it's not the same. <laughs> that is such a good review. It tells you all you need. To know. Oh man. I love the idea of somebody going in there excited like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm going to get a new installment of Home Alone." Yeah, like, you know I mean? like, like like I can't wait to relive this experience and really get, recapture the energy that the first one brought. <laughs> And then they get out and they're just so upset that they go to fucking IMDb. It's not to say, you guys, you're never going to believe it. No, 1997, <laughs> IMDb wasn't even a thing. So they like held it or they saw it recently. Uh, they, they, the idea that they like saw the movie in 1997 and held onto their like angry opinion until IMDb burst into existence. And then they're like, I know exactly what I'm going to write. This was written 19th of April, 2006. Okay. Well, there goes my idea. Yeah. Sorry. That's it. You ruined it. You killed it. Well, now it's our job to to reignite the Himalayan candle. I gotta I gotta tell you how this review finishes. This movie was good at first, but it's not the same. Those who like the first two Home Alone movies, you might not like this one. <laughs> Rent it first and see for yourself before you purchase the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> what? I love the idea of like I'm gonna test this Home Alone movie out. Yeah, this 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 movie. Uh, this like weird sequel with different cast. I'm gonna just like rent it before I purchase it for my family to watch many, many times. <laughs> Which it also implies that this person owns it and they're just sour oh, shit, because they you're right. It. Fuck. <laughs> what a sad state of affairs. This was back in 2006, right? So like owning DVDs was still like kind of a thing. Like you wanted to like replace your VHS collection with the DVD collection, you know? So like. You know, yeah. Netflix and, and that kind of stuff, and Redbox even was not really as much of a thing. I mean, you know, uh, um, uh, Blockbuster stuff was still around. So, like, the idea of going to Blockbuster and renting a DVD, I guess, was still kind of a thing back then. But, you know, he got yeah. it. Like, it's not like he paid $20 for it. You know, like, that, that movie was yeah. never in the that movie was never in the new release section <laughs> of Best Buy. You know what I mean? It, was, uh, it just immediately went into a bin. <laughs> like in the checkout line it, like, <laughs> it comes off the truck in a big pallet and they just like dump the pallet into the 99 cent bin immediately let's yeah. just fucking cut out the middleman here and it was like in a the same case as like another dvd it was like a two it just came like in a two-pack or in a collection of like a disc collection you know what I mean? well it came in the home alone trilogy collection oh yeah. fuck that whole trilogy yeah. just box just went right into the 99 cent bin at the, the checkout counter <laughs> It's exclusively available at Walmart or something. Or like, so, so oh, here's the thing. I would probably, if I was a Home Alone fan, I'm sure there's many of them. Uh, I would buy that trilogy just to get the other two movies for like 99 cents, and you just throw away the third one. But somebody did that, and then watched the third. We're like, well, I've got it. Let's just see what this is all about. You know. Important question here. Uh, 27 of 42 people found this review helpful. Was this review helpful to you? I would say yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm gonna rent it before I buy it for sure. Yeah, like you're going to follow so, the instructions. I'm, I'm, 
I'm clicking yes. It was helpful. <laughs> it's a shame we can't click right. it three times because really it helped all three of us. That's true. You guys could go to the page. Okay, too. yeah. Can you can you read the uh, the URL for us right now? So we go in there. It's gonna have a bunch of numbers Anybody... and letters in it. Please don't do that. On on, on the... anybody on else who listens to the podcast and found that review that we read instead of doing just what we're go to, to be IMDb doing. and search for Home Alone three and and find that review and just just give that guy a couple bumps. He probably needs it after watching that movie. You know, nine years ago, eleven <laughs> yeah. years ago. Not even on IMDb anymore. Yeah, he's forgotten it exists. Uh, they, is, they, they were 13 at the time and grew up. That's a really cogent review for a 13-year-old. Well, um, well, you haven't read the rest of it. That's true. That's true. They're <laughs> uh, just shit emojis. Um, they, they, um, did, did they exist until 2006? This is really good content for this podcast, by the way. Yeah. We should look did. it up and, on the podcast and see if they did. Let's not do that. Why don't we wrap this up? Because <laughs> I think we've got two... T- t- decent uh uh movie slash video game ideas for home alone uh and we've been going for about an hour so um thanks for listening uh we'll see you in a, in a couple weeks for the next episode we're not sure what it's going to be yet but stick around for that one keep the change you filthy animal yeah and fade out Storied is Chris Rebert, Harrison Pink, and Sean Ainsworth, and our music is composed by the amazing Jared Emerson Johnson. Thanks so much for listening. 